You are now listening to the people of digital marketing with your host, me, Kenny Soto. This podcast is your source for marketing strategies, tactics, and most importantly, career advice from the best digital marketers in the world. From B2B to B2C, startups to Fortune 500 companies, and everything in between, I interview experts in marketing so that we can grow to become better marketers together. If you're a marketer who wants a leg up in this space, well, guess what? You're in the right place. Thanks for tuning in. The channels are where the market hangs out, where customers are hanging out every day. And I started with search and I thought my customers are looking for us, but basically we are creating a new category. When you create something new, like for example, when Uber came in, nobody said, hey, I need some stranger to drive me from A to B, right? Nobody's looking for it. People are looking for taxi service, but nobody's looking for Uber kind of a service. So search is now was not a great channel, but Facebook is a great channel. So the framework that I have recently learned is like, if they are looking for you, go to Google. If they are not looking for you and it's very innovative, go to socials. So these are these are two channels that I keep in my mind. And I think anything which is new is actually great for social. Hi, Azar. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing very good. So I wanted to quickly start this podcast by getting a little bit of background on who you are. And my first question for you, Azar, is you used to work in sales. Why did you shift over to marketing specifically? Oh, because I used to make shitty commission. That's why. I'm just just joking. Um, the reason why I moved towards sales marketing, I always wanted to be in marketing. And uh, I could not get into marketing directly because my English sucked so bad that nobody wanted to be in me doing their communication. So I had to do my rites of passage of learning English and copywriting to become a good salesperson and then a good marketer. And so if you are, if you suck at your communication, start with sales. And if you at least like to talk to people, then at least sales is great. And then you can move over. Once you understand how people behave, how they talk, how they tell their problems, it's like doing user research 101 in sales before moving to marketing. So kind of helped me eventually, but I didn't make the 
direct connection when I was not getting marketing jobs and just getting the same jobs. What specific skills that you learned as a salesperson helped you when you made your transition into marketing? I think when you turn from sales to marketing, uh, something that sticks with you is like, first of all, learning how to sell. The only difference between marketing and sales is like marketing is one to many and sales is one to one. I see. So like, it's just like talking to customer directly. And whenever I'm writing a copy now, I think about customer sitting on the other side of the desk. So I can see, oh, I'm talking to them directly and then I'm writing a copy. So it's very easy. You know, what I will talk to a person in front of me, right? The second thing is conversations. Um, the growth hack to marketing is to know your customers and be in their minds. And the way to be in their mind is to talk to them. Once you talk to them, you need to have a conversation. You don't need to have an interview. So that was another key learning that I have from sales that I keep. And the third thing is this persuasion skills. So I now if you recall if you're asking me deliberately, but learning urgency, uh, learning social proof, learning, learning the ability to tell people that the problem they have and you need to convince them is something that I learned from sales. How would you describe your current job? My current job would be doing marketing one to many on digital platform where people are already hanging out and getting their getting their attention by showing something very persuasive and different. And could you give a little bit more description on some of your weekly and or monthly challenges? So my weekly challenge is changes, but like mostly like looking at the at the Facebook ads and. Uh, Google Analytics and looking at the numbers and seeing where exactly we are not hitting the communication message and like converting people. And the monthly challenge is basically achieving a target of X amount of signup, paid signups is my monthly challenge that I try to keep my pace towards. Could you describe for the listeners some of your ideal clients? Uh, right now, I work at Synthesis, which is a kind of a course enrichment program that helps kids from 4 to 16, 6 to 14 age, learn critical thinking, problem solving, and decision-making skills. And it was started at SpaceX by Elon Musk school. And that school was eventually is no more, is eventually no more. But what we are right now doing is we're taking the best part of the, that school is a course that course is basically a game. So everybody thinks like, a, like you know, when you learn a subject, mathematics, you learn mathematics and then you play a game on mathematics. But we're saying, oh, there's a game already and we have added some mathematics to it. And so that's how we think about it. Uh, so it's a game. And uh, people who are my customers are specifically from homeschooling, gifted kid parents, or parents usually from the tech background. and. Uh, who are currently worried about edu- future of education. You know, we all know that we have all studied from school and somehow at some point, the st- things we were learning didn't make sense to us, like how will we use it in practical life? And that's why I joined Genesis because I thought about the same thing. I, I did like 16 years of education, no, 18 years of education actually. And out of 18 years of education, I think only six months were useful in total and rest of them were like, Basic literacy, English, math, and communication skills were great. But 
anything else I, i i don't use calculus daily in my life i don't use derivatives likewise, daily in my life likewise so yeah. why do i need to study them sure if somebody wants to study they can do study and um, but for me i didn't never wanted to study and that's what elon's thought process was like some people are great in mathematics some people are great at speaking some people are great at designing so let them explore what they want to explore and so what we do is we use games to teach kids by learning by doing rather than learning by lecturing when you're thinking about the marketing plan and marketing strategy for synthesis what are some of the channels that you've been experimenting with the channels are where the market hangs out where customers are hanging out every day and i started with search and i thought my customers are looking for us but basically we are creating a new category when you create something new like for example when uber came in nobody said hey i need some stranger to drive me from a to b right nobody's looking for it people are looking for taxi service but nobody's looking for uber kind of a service so search is not was not a great uh, channel but facebook is a great channel so the framework that i have recently learned is like if they are looking for you go to google if they are not looking for you and it's very innovative go to socials so these are these are two channels that i keep in my mind and i think anything which is new is actually great for social and uh, so at this comes facebook twitter linkedin but since my market is mostly parents from 25 to 44 year old they are hanging on facebook they are millennials millennials who are worried about their kids got it now speaking of channels you mentioned twitter and this is a good way to segue into your personal brand I have been following you ever since uh, a mutual friend of ours Agatha mentioned you and I've been following you on Twitter seeing the content that you're sharing and you're growing very fast from what I've observed what's been the hardest challenge in regards to growing your personal brand on Twitter to stay consistent I think uh, you can come up with one week a good content and the next three weeks is useless and people don't like it but if you stay consistent and you know what's hitting what's not hitting it can actually go viral um, and the whole idea to write on twitter is to go viral for me um i have not utilized the networking aspect of it and that's a sad part people do reach out to me but not the way it people should reach out to me and so that's like the big, biggest challenge like hey i have a friend who has like 500 followers max but like he, he gets like he makes more money than me just although he's a designer and he's like 24 year old working with different nft and crypto projects because people like his designs like this guy has less followers but has more business than me and so that is something i'm waiting for twitter to unlock for me a couple of days ago a president of a specific country reached out to us something this is just on twitter like so the, those things are happening on twitter but we just we're just not there yet people to figure it out and so it just means i have to go more more and like keep keep having a conversation with them rather than at them So that's the top level of your Twitter approach when it comes to like the more granular components of a single post. What are the things that a post should have when you're thinking about going viral? What are the components that should be considered? So basically social media in general is all about something that you don't know. If you don't know, which means that people will get attention if you t- talk about how spacex will have uh, space uh, like how mars will have trains that's a new concept right so anything which is new and informative is 
a great way to think about it. The other way to think about it is that I stole it from Sam Parr and Sean Puri on their podcast called MFM, My First Million. And they say, like, there are six emotions that you can use. One is LOL, WTF. And then we have, uh, oh, I didn't know. Another emotion is like, huh, now I understand this concept, why? I They relate to it, right? The other one would be like angry, right? So anything, they, if, if they trigger these six emotions can go viral. The other thing I've learned is like, you have to be counterintuitive and counter-narrative. So think about this way. The ultimate growth hack is learning from your customers, right? So you say growth hack, but a growth hack is something that you know, a simple piece that you can help you with explosive growth. But learning from customer is actually pretty obvious, conventional, right? So it's like a counterintuitive, right? And so that those kind of stuff really work well on Twitter. Now, I also have done a little bit of research about you, and I know that you started a podcast, and I wanted to know what's the best way for someone to start a podcast in 2022 if they've never done a podcast before, they've probably just been a listener passively, and they're thinking of starting something. It could be a podcast that's related to business, but it could also just be a podcast that's for the sake of entertainment. Yeah. So first of all, I will give you a link to my thread. I've written about this topic about podcasting. Perfect. So you can put it in show notes. Yeah. I think podcast is, people consider podcast is like, it's a completely different medium. It's not like blogging. It's not like Substack. Okay. Podcast is a medium to have deep relationship with your audience. Okay. That's, that's the main thing, right? Somebody's listening to you every week or every month, whenever you release it. Right. And so I think for people who either have an audience already in some other platform should go deep into podcasting because then they will turn a fan into a super fan. Okay. That that's, that's the key essence. But let's say if you don't have an audience and you want to start a podcast, if you want to start a podcast, then you need to start, let's say, let's talk, talk about this. You have to go really specific in niche. So for example, um, if I have to start over my podcast again, I would do podcast um, marketing for developers. Like that's what I would do. Marketing for developers. Like that's like a niche that nobody has figured out on podcasts. They have to figured out on blogs, maybe not on podcasts. And that's like one specific way to think about podcasting. And then those people will listen to because you're like an expert and they identify themselves as, hi, oh, yeah, I should listen to it because he, he's making content for me, right? I can resonate with them. That's one thing. The other thing is like, mine is growth marketing stories and i i have to say like although it's for growth marketers not a lot of growth marketers listen to me because my a lot of growth marketers are listening to like business podcasts bigger podcasts than my yeah. podcast. so i would actually would like to also niche down that's like my last experiment that i'm keeping to myself the other thing about podcasting is that you have to use audio as a as a medium to talk to people so think about this way i've given an example in my thread as well you have already seen something popular on the internet, works really well, or on the TV, and you want to bring it to podcasting. So think about this way. I don't know if you've seen this, but but like uh, there was a BuzzFeed style videos where you have to answer questions, but you have to see eat spices to it. That's a show that can work well because like kind of a voice uh, will go through the medium and the list. Podcast is very visual medium. So you, you when you listen to... You are already thinking this person is thinking about like how how he's reacting towards that eating spice, right? 
Or the third one is Shark Tank for e-commerce, Shark Tank for product marketers, Shark Tank for construction people, right? So like you focus on specific TV medium that can be turned into podcasting. So I would suggest to think of this way because podcasting is a way to get deep or get entertained. It's not a way to teach people. It's not like, hey, I'll teach you five tactics that you can immediately apply. In order to teach people, you need something visual, you need something, an example. You cannot do that on podcast and you cannot convert people to become customer on podcast because you inspire people, right? So for example, my two favorite podcasts is My First Million because I just like to hang out with these two guys who are not even my friends. Yeah, and they talk about great stories too, which is pretty cool. Great stories and they talk about business ideas. I don't even use business ideas myself, but I, I just like to keep updated. Yeah. The other one that I, I really like is uh, as a podcast listener is how to take over the world. So it's about, I love histories and hist- hist- historical greats. So Napoleon, um, Alexander the Great, and it talks about how they're like, it turns the entire biography of two, three books into one podcast. The main stuff that, that, that I should care about. So I listen to that to get inspired from the older people, people who died already. So like those kind of stuff, like, you know, the third podcast I listen to is something called um, Unthinkable. So it's like, it talks about things that we are not thinking about. So like, okay, no, like I'm not thinking about these things. I can listen to this podcast. Or my favorite one is Hidden Brain. Hidden Brain is like taking one big question and answering it. So for example, I think they recently answered like relationship, how to build a great relationship. Right. It's a really big question and a podcast is exploring what are the like gems that you can find from somebody's brain and give it to the world. Um, so like these are the podcasts. I think we, we've done a lot how I build this kind of thing. A lot of marketers do that because they get inspired from Guy Raz, but I think these are the different ways to look at from to the podcasting world. When thinking about getting started, should a potential podcast host plan out a month's worth of content or should they try in another approach where essentially they're just going to have at least an idea for one to two episodes and then work based on inspiration from there? Because I know one of the challenges that podcast hosts have, and I suffered from this too, is you'll get a quick start, a good jolt, you're inspired, you launch the podcast, you record it, whether it's a solo podcast host or a host plus guests. And then after episode five, the podcast is over. I had a second podcast myself that was about investing. I only got up to episode three and I stopped. And I personally think part of the reason why is because I didn't plan out in the future all of these different ideas that I wanted to discuss. So what are your thoughts on planning ahead? And what's an example of someone who's planning too much? So just to let you know, uh, in terms of podcasting, I think if in those three episodes that you talked about, if somebody would have given you good feedback, you would not have stopped. Did somebody give you feedback? No. All right. And I also have the same problem because podcasting is not an email medium. Like if you write an email and you get an email back from somebody, right? Yeah. Podcasting, like nobody wants to go on the email and write the email down and write to this person. Hey, I love your podcast. It's a lot of effort, right? Um, I personally think is that like if you get good feedback, I have like maximum three, four hundred downloads per episode. And uh, it's a hard grind because I have to promote a lot. But I can tell you personally that if I get like two or three people reaching out to me on each episode, like I love this part of the episode, I think I will keep going because I don't care about 200 people are listening and 
responding. I just care about two, three people who are listening, responding and say, this is why I love this podcast, right? Deep um, engagement. So deep engagement, reaching out to people. So that's like feedback cycle. The other thing is that if you're starting a podcast, you probably will suck in general, even if you're an eloquent speaker. So the way to actually get over with this whole thing is to release a lot of podcasts together before distributing and release in punch as well. Like, okay, you know what? Okay, now I'll release 20 episodes and then I will just distribute it. I will distribute it A social, B social, D social, E social, right? And uh, that way you actually get the momentum, get feedback quicker. And that's the good way to start. And I don't think you should actually have two podcasts. You should only have one podcast, which actually makes I agree. you feel, feel like passionate. So right now, um, I'm, I'm not 100% sure if I will continue my existing podcast just because I'm, I'm not deeply resonating with my audience. Like my audience is not coming back to me saying, hey, I love your podcast. So I'm trying different stuff. So for example, I'm trying, my podcast was about stories, but it's technically part interview, part narration, and uh, it's just like any other podcast. So there's no difference. So what I'm doing is I'm I'm talking about a company that has done a really good job in growth, which is such as Canva, and telling their story and dissecting. So that's like how Canva grew, right? There's how I built this, but there's no how X company grew this from one personalized aspect. And that's like something I experiment. The first experiment I already did and I got good response. Like I did a very tactical podcast, right? how to run FB ads from A to Z, right? And that was really good as well. And I got good feedback. So like now I see that like when I release a really good content, I get really good resonance as well. So the third experiment I'm running is debates. So on Thursday, I have a debate podcast like SEO versus thought leadership. So I'm like, okay, let's run this experiment as well and see how people resonate. So what I'm looking for is resonance, not downloads. As soon as, 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 soon as I get the resonance, I know I need to keep doing these. And if it still doesn't work, then I need to stop this and I need to see, okay, what else is my passion? One thing I'm thinking about is like growth marketing is my passion. I can share with people, but like maybe I don't have an edge. So maybe I should do a podcasting for brown people, desi people from my background because they would love to listen to a foreigner who has made it, right? So where can I add value rather than where where I can place myself as an expert is something that I'm thinking myself. So like podcasting is a very hard medium to grow or discover as your talent. So that would be my short answer. What worries you and what also excites you in general about growth marketing this year? I would say TikTok pretty much excites me. And this is something I w- I'm going to dive deeper this year. Like I really want to learn the art of hooking people in three seconds through TikTok. I think it's a great medium. It's a great distribution medium as well. So that really excites me. I think the whole, or like they have an easy algorithm and the market is there. So let's exploit that. That's really excites me. And uh, I like the fact that there's a new medium, which is equal to all rather than like equal to some, right? So that's what I like about it. Is there anything that worries you specifically or that you think this is going to be a big challenge for marketers this year? I think now that uh, the whole privacy thing is actually will will go further, uh, like tracking will be even harder. Like today, I just got like a message from Facebook that they are removing detailed targeting on Facebook ads and I'm running an ad on detail targeting. So that worries me like how else they want to fuck it up. So, yeah. 
And my last question for you is hypothetical. If you had access to a time machine and you can go back in time 10 years into the past, knowing everything you know today, how would you accelerate the speed of your career? I would just just have a coach. So I will find like uh, somebody like Shanpuri and Samper and say, hey, I'm at your disposal. I know this, 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 this is. Let me work for you for free. And that's it. And then I will learn all marketing in one year to have a great career in marketing. I did not have a great mentor and I learned from a lot of people. And that's something that I would go back and find one person who's happy to, like I I got a lot of people like that now. So now they, they want to work with me. But uh, yeah, I would like to have one mentor who, who is already doing a lot of marketing and I can do marketing for him on his behalf because he doesn't have time and learn all kinds of marketing with him. Thank you, Azar, for your time today. And if anyone wanted to say hi to you online, where could they find you? I think they can easily find me on Twitter, Twitter, Azarshad, A-A-Z-A-R-S-H-A-D, or they can reach out to me at Azar at Azarshad.com and happy to answer any questions. Perfect. You've listened to another episode of the podcast. Thank you, Azar, for your time. And thank you to you, the listener, for listening to another episode. And as always, Thanks, I-, I hope you have a great week. Hey, thanks again for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to submit a rating and leave a review on your podcasting app. Reviews like this help to grow this podcast and get it to more people like yourself, people who want to grow in their marketing careers. If you want to say hello, you can find me on any social media platform by simply searching Kenny Soto. I look forward to hearing from you soon. And as always, let's keep growing together.